Christ to have a man that will sacrifice uh, to uh, spend his body, his health, for the work that he's doing in Africa, plus pastoring a church. And then again, I commend this church for uh, being faithful while he's gone. That says volumes about your man of God, and it also says volumes about you. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 23. Very, very familiar chapter in the Bible. And I want to just read verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, shall not, shall not. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 46 and starting at verse 31. And Joseph said unto his brethren and to his father's house, uh, his family had just come and joined him in Egypt, and he's trying to get them a place to settle with their flocks. I will go up and shoot Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren in my father's house, which are in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the, and the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, What is your occupation? That you shall say, Thy servants trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now. Both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for your word. I'm asking you now, Lord, to give me grace today to teach this Bible lesson. Anoint our ears that we can hear, and then anoint our hearts, God, that we can accept it and obey it. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Praise God. We, too, are thankful for visitors that uh, are here. <clears throat> and... Uh, the Lord has something special for you. Uh, if if you're here for the first time or you don't know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, you're in the right place. You're in a good place. You're in a safe place. Praise God. I want to I want to talk <clears throat> to you from the subject. Every flock needs a shepherd. 
Every flock needs a shepherd. From what I can read about sheep, they are so dependent upon their shepherd. They do well with the shepherd. They do poorly with the hireling. So, uh, the flock is blessed if there's a shepherd that cares about them. Now, Webster says that the definition of a flock is a group of certain animals, goats or sheep and so forth, and then it adds the members of a church, the members of a church. And then it gives us the definition of a shepherd is one who herds sheep, a religious leader or minister, a pastor with Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. That's uh, Mr. Webster's pretty intelligent as far as I'm concerned to understand that uh, the good shepherd is Jesus Christ. To be able to know him on a personal basis is why we're here today. Repentance in the name of the Lord. Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And then the shepherd steps in. Until one receives the Holy Ghost, the Lord has no permission to work on your life. He's a perfect gentleman. He will not intrude upon your life and your lifestyle. So as you speak in tongues, receiving the Holy Ghost, he gives you the power, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now you have the power to say no to sin. You have the power now to decide to let the man of God and the voice of God start perfecting you. Praise God. Now, the definition of an Egyptian is symbolic of the world. It also means worldliness, evil, God or Jesus haters and also a worshiper of strange gods. Every Egyptian hates a shepherd. They are lower class. They are not important. But God puts a high premium on the shepherd as far as the church is concerned. You will never rise any higher spiritually than your man of God. 
You will never have a vision greater than the man of God. The closer you get to your man of God, the more that you're going to learn about the ways of God. Now, David, as a lad, you know the story. He took care of his father's sheep, killed the lion, and he killed the bear. He was faithful to his father, and on and on. Uh, later, was promoted into Saul's house, and uh, you know, you know the story. But when he grew up and become a man. Thinking back over the time that he was a shepherd boy, he realized that he needed and he could not survive without a guide or without a shepherd. The shepherd would provide him with the very essentials of life and even meet all of his private needs. Living for God is the greatest life in all the world. We have benefits that money can't buy. We have privileges that the world, not even the angels have. I praise God. So when David realized this, he said, I, I know who I'm going to choose. I'm going to pick Jehovah. The Lord is my shepherd. I want him to guide my life. Why not have the best and the most powerful shepherd? Why not have a shepherd that I don't have to worry about the bear and the lion? Now, in this world today, there are many men that if they were not held back by your men of God that could literally destroy this church with their evil deeds and their evil uh, influence. But the man of God is the one that stands to say, uh, this is not going to happen around here. Now, there may be those that don't comply with what he asks you to do. He can't demand that you do anything. He can't force you to do anything. But I know this man well enough. He has fed you square meals on a regular basis. And if anybody is lost out of this church... It will be because of your carnal choices. I want Jehovah as my shepherd. I'm proud to claim my submission. Now, I, I don't want to I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail, but this word submission goes all the way back. Before things was formed, there was an archangel 
that decided he was not going to submit to God. And you know the story. As a result, he was cast out of heaven and given the title Lucifer or the devil. And that's why we're struggling today. So submission is nothing new. But in the generation that we're living in today, it's a big thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to force me to do nothing, and you're right. But submission is the step that makes me proud to claim God and my pastor as my shepherd. All the allegiance I give to my man of God. Now, let me say sometimes when a Bible lesson is brought, it may not affect anybody. There may not be a need that is, is needed for what's said. And you say, well, that was just a waste of time. But God sees in the future where one of these days you might become carnal. And if you're wise enough to reach back and pull forward what you've heard, it can mean the difference of being lost or saying, hey, I'm not going that way. I'm going to get back under my shepherd. Now, to submit is to obey. My pastor always taught us that delayed obedience is disobedience. You have to take it home and analyze it. Chances are you'll never obey it because then you're out from under the spirit and the anointing. John 14 and 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. It'd be hard probably today to find somebody in this surrounding area that would just boldly and blatantly say, I hate God. I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't believe in God, even though there's some that do. But most anybody you want to talk to, you can say, do you love the Lord? And they'll say, yes, sure I love the Lord. The problem with revival today is there are no sinners. They're all saved. They're all Christian. Sitting on a bar stool. Yeah, I'm a Christian. But if you love him, if you love him, he said, you'll keep my commandments. Now, if you're not keeping his commandments, and we're going to try to help you understand how you do that as we go along. But if you're not keeping his commandments, Jesus said, you don't love me. Now, some religion may have told you, some philosophy may have taught you that you just do anything you want to do. 
You can live any way you want to live, and God, in His mercy, is going to save everybody. But that's not what my Bible says. If you love me, keep my commandments. And until one totally submits their life to the Lord, they'll never submit to a pastor. If you won't submit your life to God, you're going to have problems with your pastor because you're not going to submit to him and accept what he has to say. Now, just ride with me for a few minutes. We're going to get somewhere. A real shepherd lives with his sheep 24-7. He's available to their call. He never flinches, nor he never shirks his duty. Now, how many times... Has a good, solid, sincere family in the church. Plans your vacation. You got your car packed, got everything in the car, and just as you're getting in the car to go on that long, sought-out vacation, you, somebody texts you or somebody calls you and said, "Pastor's sick." And you said, we're canceling our vacation. But I can turn that around and tell you how many times has your good man of God been packed and in the car or planning a trip and some of you has an operation? Some of you has uh, a sickness? And he says, we can't leave. I've known men that's flown all across the country for a meeting and get there and get the call that one of their people are sick and they get on the plane and fly right back because your man of God is on duty 24-7. Now, it may just be a hangnail, but he's there. Praise the Lord. It's the shepherd's responsibility. Now we're fixing to get in some, some deep water right here. But it's the shepherd's responsibility to provide shelter, food, and protection. The shepherd does not bear sheep. Lambs bear sheep. His responsibility is to have a safe place, a clean place for you to come. Praise God. Now, if you saw or get a chance to see that baptismal tank that they baptize those folks in, you'll quickly learn to appreciate clean, the word clean. When it was so dark, they couldn't even see their feet standing in the water. But uh, a clean place 
His flock is his first uh, priority. The shepherd decides where you're going to rest tonight. The shelter that you're going to spend your time in. He don't take a vote. He just says, this is the sheep pool we're going to stay in tonight. He decides where and what they're allowed to eat at any given day. Wow. Now, I know the world says that's a, that's a cult and that's a, uh, whatever, whatever, but God's word says different. He's the one that decides who stands in this pulpit. He's the one that says on Wednesday night, Bible study or Thursday night, this is what the Lord gave me. Now, you're just recently, we, we, had a, we had a speaker. One of the young men in the church was scheduled to speak. And... Uh, Service went well, powerful service. Worship from the very beginning and around the altar, 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, no song service, just, I mean, the power of God fell. And uh, you could tell this young man was nervous because what do I do now? And when it come time to announcing, Pastor Howard walked to the pulpit and he says, I'm going to be preaching tonight, sitting in my office. God gave me a message for this church. And it was from heaven. Thank God that your man of God can hear from God and decide what you need to eat today. He decides what animals are safe and which are harmful to you. Some people you don't need to be around. Some people you don't need to fellowship. Praise God. Now, I, I'm not in no way bragging on myself because I'm just carnal flesh like anybody else, but I told Pastor Howard when I moved there, I'm coming as a saint. And if I ever preach in your pulpit, that's your choice. And when someone calls and says, can you come preach for me? I said, let me run it by my pastor. Pastor Howard said, that's not necessary. I said, yes, sir, it is. I want that on my resume so that when I talk to young men in the church, I can say, this is what I do. Now, let, 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 me, let me finish that. Just recently, I got a call, and uh, this man wanted me to cover for him for two weeks while he went on vacation. I felt a check in the Holy Ghost. That night at church, I went to Pastor Howard. I said, I called his name. I said, his brother so-and-so, still on the good guys list, 
He says, oh, elder, please don't. I'll explain to you someday when we have the time. I said, you just explain your answer. I don't want it in my head. You said no, and uh, that's what it is. Praise God. Now, the man of God that loves you, and I guess probably our young people struggle with this more than anybody else, especially when you find that Romeo or that angel that you don't think you can live without. And you go nervous into the office and talk to your pastor, and he says, no, that's not right. I don't feel good about that. Hmm. I, okay, pastor, that should settle it. It's for your sake. He's not being mean to Lord over you. He's protecting you because he knows something that would be detrimental for your walk with God. Now, the shepherd leads his flock into the fold to teach them his voice. That's what they do when they're in the fold is he's teaching them his voice. Then he allows them to go out in the field to test their loyalty. You know, they're free. They don't have a fence. They can do anything they want to do. And he'll call one from time to time just to see if they're loyal. Because it's outside the church that your loyalty is tested. The shepherd alone, you don't have a committee, is responsible for inspecting his flock for diseases or hurts. He brings them in the fold. Of the fold. Now, this is very important. A sick sheep refuses to eat. That's why when carnality jumps on some people's shoulders, they go so far as to even walk away from God because they're sick, they've been infected, and they just ain't going to let the preacher tell them nothing. I'll come when I get ready. I'll stay home when I get ready. I'll worship when I get ready. The problem is you don't ever get ready to worship. And you get weaker, and you get weaker, and you weaker. 
I, I'm here to confess to you I need to go to church on a regular basis. I need to eat a regular meal on a regular basis. I love ice cream. I could be addicted to it. But ice cream is not going to make you. You're going to have to get that spinach if you're going to look like Popeye. You're going to have to eat the Word of God when it's served, whether it tastes good or not right then. But it'll bring muscle to your spiritual walk with God. Now, when you first refuse to accept what the pastor says is best for you, it should raise a red flag in your experience. And that's why I said earlier, you may not need it today. But when the pastor says something that ruffles your feathers, that ought to pop up a red flag and say, hey, I ain't going no further. That's sign enough right there. Carnality is courting me. Now, if a disease does appear when he's inspecting you, he decides if the animal is quarantined or not. Sometimes restriction is bitter, but it's for your salvation. This is only done for the sake of the rest of the flock and not just to show his authority. Praise God. If he didn't care for you, he wouldn't be causing no demands. But when he says this one, or you get the word that this one has been quarantined, You'd do well. Once they're isolated, not to stay around them, but to stay away from them. It doesn't matter if it's a close relative, one of your very best friends. You can never run with sick or rebellious sheep without getting affected and infected. And sometimes that disease, now this brother that's, that's sick in Malawi, they don't have no medicine. There comes a time there is no antidote. Praise the Lord. There comes a time there's no turnaround. Just because you don't like what's happening, the enemy tries to keep you going in the direction that you may be going in. But real, sincere, pure-hearted sheep love their pastor. Love their shepherd. 
they're not always looking to try how to get over on the next fence. I say every city has a dump. And you can find a place that will put you in a position and will make you feel welcome and at home. But the shepherd knew what was right and best, and God honors that. The shepherd, the sheep love their shepherd, but not the goats. They're there for what they can get out of it. Even though they run with the sheep. Don't get distracted when there's people that's not following the man of God. Don't get distracted when they're not praying like they should. When they're not doing what they know their man of God has asked them to do. And sometimes some of the simplest requests is the biggest hurdle for them to jump over. When just learning to come to church early and praying, there's not a one of you that drift into your job when it's convenient and you get ready to. That's because you're more afraid of Pharaoh than you are of the Lord. To just come wandering in says volumes to God. Oh, praise the Lord. I still say when you come in that door, there ought to be a spring in your heel. There ought to be a million-dollar smile on your face. Because I'm able to walk in the door. I'm able to lift my hands. Until you can't lift your hands, you take for granted that you can lift them. Several years ago, I was deer hunting with my, with my son, and we had, I had an accident. The tree stand that I was in collapsed on me and I fell some 20 feet out of a pine tree. Should have killed me. The way I fell should have broke my back, my neck, several ribs, maybe even legs. It was just a bad deal. I, I lay there for a few minutes and uh, wiggle my fingers and my toes and tried to move my head to make sure everything was still attached. And I got up and walked home. I was feeling pretty, pretty, uh, man, I pulled that off. I must be tough. But about two weeks later, I got up one morning to put my shirt on, and I couldn't put my shirt on by myself. Now, that little simple gesture that we do when you put our shirt on and reach back behind you and tuck your shirt in, uh-uh, couldn't do it. 
I go to church, and all of a sudden, I wanted to get my hands in the air, and I couldn't do it. I could take this hand and lift this hand, or vice versa, but just to throw it in the air, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of bed by myself. I needed help getting in the bed. And I said, is this the way I'm going to have to live the rest of my life? I was in no pain. I don't know when it happened, but I kept going to the altar. And I kept saying, Lord, you know I want to lift my hands. And I'm telling you right now, the night that it happened, before I realized my hands was in the air, uh, I was a happy camper. You don't miss the blessings of God until you lose them. Oh, praise God. The goat don't want to be held accountable for their actions. They hate authority. They hate fences, restrictions, and standards. They hate them. Nobody is going to tell me what I can do. But Romans 10, 14, how shall they hear without a preacher? If that flock of sheep is turned loose on the hillside with no shepherd, it won't be very long. They won't be a flock. I've got to have a man of God in my life to keep me on the straight and narrow. I'll be 77 in August, and I'm still carnal enough. I need a preacher to trim carnality out of my life. Because I was born with a sinful nature. And if I'm not challenged on a regular basis, that carnality will stick its head up. I need a preacher. But society in hell knows that clear. So this generation, the preacher, the name preacher, has been drugged through the mud to dis sensitize its effects and its importance. The preacher uh, is just another man. He's now called by his first name or by some nickname. I know a church that pulls pranks on their man of God on a regular basis. They'll change his water to 7-Up just to watch his expression when he takes a drink. They buy ties that we should not be wearing and uh, secretly give them to him as a gift so that when it's discovered in church, that should never happen in an apostolic church. My man of God,
He's not just a speaker, but he's a man sent from God to get me ready for heaven. I have a challenge and I have a commitment to learn to love and thank God for my pastor because he's God's spokesman. Verse 15, how shall they preach? Except they be sent. We didn't go to a seminary to learn how to put a message together or to speak. But somewhere in a prayer meeting, God sometimes picks the most unlikely person and puts his sanction and puts his blessing and then puts his anointing. If that young man will stay uh, in the flock, God will use him down the road. But when a young man preaches his first message and feels that anointing, from then until the time he goes out on his own is the most dangerous time of his life. Because the devil will say, you feel the same anointing your pastor feels. You're as important as he is. Praise God. I need a man of God. The goats hate authority. They hate authority. Every flock, every assembly, every church needs a shepherd sent from God. Praise the Lord. It's, it's the hireling that hurts people. Real saints learn to love their man of God, but you can't love him without showing it. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I say, you can't love your man of God without showing it. On a regular basis, he needs to know from your mouth that he fed you well today. You show your obedience and your loyalty by obeying his voice. And don't go around telling people that you love him if you're not obeying him. Because you're just adding one more thing to, to that load you're carrying. The Egyptian hates. The Egyptian or the carnal hate the shepherd because they never understand him. To the unregenerated, to the one that's carnal, you cannot comprehend and understand why your pastor gets red in the face. Praise the Lord. And sometimes talks and acts like a wild man. 
you will take instructions from Pharaoh and you will make bricks in his brickyard all day long. You will work in his slime pits. You will torment, uh, tolerate the torments but refuse to let the man of God give you orders and instructions. Don't tell me where I go to church and when. They refuse to eat what is fed on the Bible study. They refuse to hear the voice of where we need to be in the fold tonight. And they never learn the burden of this city. You will never experience the burden that your man of God carries in a carnal state. You'll never learn what's eaten him alive when he's here in town as to what's going on in Africa. And the flip side, when he's in Africa, something's eaten on him as to what goes on, what's happening in the home church. What happened tonight? Did some hireling take advantage of me being out of town? Well, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. But every good saint do well to avoid these that are on restriction lest you pick up their spirit. That's a whole Bible study in its own self. You don't run with people without picking up their spirit, good or bad. Birds of a feather flock together. And that's why the backsliders, when they leave the church, you will see those that wouldn't even speak to each other in the church. Now they're running together. It'd be so easy if we could just learn to be accountable for our actions and let our shepherd treat our injuries and see that spiritual disease healed. Praise God. Fall in love with your man of God. Fall in love with your shepherd and let the protection of the Lord be on your life and that of your family. Be quick to respond to his voice and to his direction and let him know that you love him and his family. And don't take advantage of his family and abuse his family because you're not man enough to confront him. Oh, praise the Lord. God is a fair God. He's on our side. But he will not violate his principles. You say, I'm strong. I don't need to buckle down right now. I don't. I've got my health. 
got everything going my way. Has it been too long ago we had a backsliding lady come into church? If I remember right, Sunday morning or Sunday, received the Holy Ghost. The church was so excited that I guess this lady had been out 20 plus years. Don't give up on the backslider. We've had one 28 years that was out. We have, have, have one that her daddy was a preacher, very prominent man of God. Him and his, her, her mom and dad's gone on to meet their reward. One morning walked in church and hit the altar. And the Lord filled her to overflowing. Filled her husband that knew nothing about this. And if you could see him, you would think that he's been in church all his life. Brother, he plugged in from the first night. The other day he walked by me with a big smile on his face. He said, man, I can't wait till September. I said, what's September? He said, Brother Bowling's meeting. I, I'm looking forward to going. I, I want to I be in church. Don't give up on the backslider because God has it. But when your man of God feeds you well, Make sure that you tell him you'll be the better for it. You'll be the better for it. Because a preacher sometimes, if folks don't respond, they can walk away and feel like nobody cares. They wouldn't care if I packed up and left in the middle of the night. Don't let that pre your preacher get to that place. Oh, praise the Lord. When this service is over, uh, maybe, maybe not as weary as he is, but this platform ought to fill up. Unless he tells you otherwise. By shaking his hand and Letting him know you bless me today, Elder. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Could we lift our hands and give God some praise? I need my shepherd. If you're here today and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Today would be a good day for you to march down this aisle and kneel in this altar and say, God, I found the place. I found a safe place for my family. I'm ready to turn my life around. I'm ready to change my ways. And not only does a man of God care, these people care. You will not go through a weary day. You will not go through a valley without somebody saying, hey, I'm praying for you. I've played around long enough. It's time 
that I get in the groove. It's time that I get a hold of God. It's time that I change my ways. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's let the Holy Ghost have a few minutes. Let's don't get in a hurry. The Lord needs to break through somebody. The Lord needs to get somebody's attention. Sometimes the Lord loves you enough till he'll put you flat on your back to wake you up and get your attention. But it's a whole lot easier and more comfortable when you hear the preached word of God and you know that it's affecting you. You say, God, I'm going to change today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands and give God some praise? While you're giving him praise, would you give him the opportunity to talk to your heart? Come find a place to pray this morning. Let's talk to the Lord for just a little while, can we? Let's 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 spend some time talking to Him and 